want to have a chat about the Big Bash now with you, Bryce, as that resumes tonight with a double header. We've got the Sixers and the Stars that gets underway at 6.05 Australian Eastern at daylight time, match 14 of the tournament, and that'll be followed by the game over at Optus Stadium with Perth taking on the Renegades from 9.15 tonight. It's been a very stop-start start to the tournament. It has been. So so much so that uh, Quinton Nakog, who plays for the Renegades, uh, was down in Geelong. He flew in to play down at Geelong. Of course, that was a game that was washed out with the water under the covers. So that, that they started the game and then it was abandoned. But uh, then he flew home to South Africa. <laughs> he had 10 days up his sleeve and then came back and now he's uh, he'll be around for another five or, or so games. But... Uh, yeah, look, it has been a bit stop and start, and uh, the reduced number of games, just ten per ma- uh, to, per team this year, f- back from the fourteen, the the full home and away series, if you like. So um, it's important to get moving and get some points on the board. And both Melbourne teams are yet to get a result. That's what's really concerning. There, the Renegades have played four matches yet to get a result. One abandoned. They have a point from that, and three losses. And uh, the, the, the green side of town, from a Melbourne perspective, the Stars, they're 0-3 from their three games. And so today is a critical moment in their, their whole campaign because at, at four losses, you're, you're going nowhere. You're not making finals. So um, either team, it is a must win for both of them uh, in this doubleheader on Boxing Day. Stars were respectable against the Sydney Thunder on the weekend. Boa Webster had a cracking match with both bat and ball, which was pleasing to see, but it wasn't enough. They just didn't have enough, which for a team stacked with the talent that they've got is really disappointing. It, it is. Uh, that game, I think it was It was good that that game was played in Lavington, in, in Albury, uh, Albury-Wodonga, right on the border of New South Wales-Victoria, and it's terrific that they, they take the fixture there. But um, look, there are positive signs. There are really positive signs. But I'm a firm believer in T20 cricket. You're going to win titles if you're bowling an attack. If you can bowl and take wickets in T20 cricket by still controlling run rates and so forth. But they're the teams that go and win. So look at the best bowling attacks and you'll find them right at the very top. That's where they are. And of course, the Scorchers, they've been epic for forever. Um, they've got an international standard bowling attack. They've got Berendorf, they've got Ty, they've got Richardson. Um, and they've got one of the best all-rounders going around in Aaron Hardy and then they've got good spin options as well. Um, so it, they're the teams that do exceptionally well. The heater on top of the table, They've, uh, of their four games, they've had an abandoned game. They have uh, won three of their games, um, and the Sixers are undefeated as well. They're three from three. So the Sixers are certainly going favourites uh, t- today uh, in their match, but um, they're the teams that are doing well. They've all got good bowling. And the perennials, aren't they? The Scorchers and the Sixers oh, are always being there or there. And good to see the Heat doing well. Like that, that's that sometimes they are slow to get started, and uh, they they seem to have tuned up their team really well, and uh, they're performing really well. Um, so there's some good positive signs from uh, that, that Queensland-based team. The news not all positive though for the Perth Scorchers because they have lost Ashton Turner for the remainder of the tournament with that knee injury. So that again proves the depth that they've got at their disposal as part of their squad as to why they are such a good unit, not just a team of individuals that can perform and blaze away at certain points. They are, they are such a consistent unit of being able to perform that 
they should be able to cover this loss, no problem. Yeah, man out, man in, and they, they know how to do their role and, and play and and they have that trust of everyone around. They're such a connected group. Um, you know, credit to Adam Voges, the whole crew, um, the whole uh, assistant coaching staff as well. And, and the players themselves, they're mature players. They are, you know, uh, able to talk to Jason Berenoff down in Geelong um, for, for Big Bash Nation. And uh, look, it was just terrific to hear how he talks about, you know, it's a real family time. It's a, we, we get together. It's it's a real focus around great success of uh, and continuing that legacy. But uh, they're so connected and, uh, gee, they're a good franchise. And the, the Sixers not far behind that, of course, led with a real Victorian flavour, Greg Shippard, uh, so successful as a coach of Victoria. And, and Cameron White, his right-hand man now, um, there aren't too many more knowledgeable people about uh, white ball cricket, uh, whether it be one day or, and particularly T20 cricket than Cameron White. And he's showing his uh, worthiness. Uh, he was assistant coach uh, for the Adelaide Strikers. And uh, now Greg Shipper, when he was available, without hesitation said, come and work with me. We, we need you to share your expertise. And the, the Sixers continue to be at the top of their game. I'll be playing the Stars tonight from 6.05 Australian Eastern Daylight Time. You'll hear that across the network this evening. From a broader perspective and considering the debate around Christmas Day, the Big Bash went different this year. They didn't have a game on Christmas Eve. They obviously didn't have a game on Christmas Day. We've got the double header tonight. They had the double header on Saturday. Yep. Right approach or have they missed a trick? No, look, I, I think a lot of it is that the, the scheduling, they're listening to the players and I think the players want to have that bit of break. Uh Cricketers nowadays, it's not a cricket season. It's not like local cricket. It's not October and you wrap it up in March and that's how it is. Uh, cr- cricket's on a lot of the year and there's not, not a great deal of break, particularly if you're going to other franchises and, and, and that around the world. So uh, just listening to the players who, who are driving the fact that it's nice to have Christmas and be able to spend it with your family and then reload and give everything to the sport and keep promoting it and doing that. Obviously they have a, they have a big say in how, how cricket gets, gets seen and uh, gets represented. Uh, so I'm okay with it. I'm good with it. What about you, Coxie? What are your thoughts? I'm worried that it stifled the momentum of it mm-hmm. because we started with a couple of games prior to the Perth test and then it stopped. And then obviously for the reasons of the Perth test, it's hard to have matches following that into the night unless you're going to play them in WA and there's not really the facilities at the moment for that to be achieved. And then we, we got going again and then we had another pause prior to Christmas. The the, the games themselves, there was a bit of criticism, particularly from that first week when we had a blowout, a couple of washed out, which you can't really help those no. sort of circumstances. But it meant that this shortened season didn't gain the traction that it needed to. And I ponder whether whether this T20 window, is it is it still worth having games prior to Christmas if it's not going to get the attention that it deserves? Is it, is it, is it more of a window post-Christmas that fills in after this Boxing Day window where we can go bang, you could have... Double headers every night if you wanted to, if that's the way that you could yeah. schedule it and manoeuvre things around. You could have weekends where there's double headers more often. Up until this period, we're happy that it got brought back to the Australia Day weekend in terms of the final being played. But I just wonder whether this initial phase, because it's been so stop-start that we've struggled to engage with the tournament in general. And considering that some teams 
played multiple games before that first break. Others played one, if any. I, I just wonder whether we've missed a trick in having these pauses constantly at the start of the, the season, whether that's ruined the momentum and and helped engage people in the competition, which I felt in the last probably 12 months had a bit of a resurgence off the back of last season. Yeah, I think it's a point well made, Coxie. I think it is. It, it needs to find that nice rhythm and, and really grab the interest. And I think you're right. It has been a bit stop-start. But uh, off the 40 Winks temper text, um, a good one here from James in Mordialic. Uh, hi, Bryce. At least the Renegades show glimpses of form, although the skipper needs to start performing. Yes, warranted. Um the stars are terrible. Stoinis uh, should be opening, and they need to play younger players. They are old, and they show little fight, even with Maxi. And they are they have solid domestic players. I think that's what they have. They don't have any star power other than Glenn Maxwell, and he's missed, missed a couple of their games, of course, with that forearm injury, strained a, a forearm, um, which is probably a fallout from the World Cup in actual fact, the, the the cramping, the severe body cramping that he went through and scoring that epic double century. But uh, it, it probably has this this delayed effect on, on the muscles and the trauma that he's had through his body. So it's obviously had an effect there. But um, thanks to James from Morty Alec, I think their point's well made and the, the Stars really do need a refresh. Didn't bowl on the weekend in the encounter, even though he returned to play. And he looked determined with the bat in the first innings for the Stars, but didn't bowl. And then the point regarding Marcus Stoinis, I was having this conversation on the coverage with Liam Pickering on Big Bash Nation on the weekend about where do you play him? Where is his best role in the eleven? Mm. If If he is this player that we know that he can be and can perform with both bat and ball... Where do you use him to get maximum impact? And that's a question that pickers seem to suggest up the top of the order was where we've seen him at his best, certainly from a big bash perspective. But it's a, it's a curiosity for someone that with that firepower, maybe it's the team. I think back in when there was six overs at the start of power play, straight up six overs, you could you could afford to do that. You, there's only four overs now, and then you have a power surge in the second half of the inning. So it's a little bit different, um, the structure of it. It's only 24 balls, and you need your goers right from there with only two fielders out. So it, it is a, it, it's it's created a, a different style of of T20 now, which is good, but and, and interesting. But uh, it, it takes a different type of player, and maybe that's not his strength. Uh, in in the way that he goes about his batting, it's it's so difficult. Some of the guys can just go straight from the top, first ball, and they can launch it for six and boundaries, and that's what they need. They need someone who can keep hitting over the ring uh, early on. So, look, that they, they are um, breath of any uh, form at the moment. Hopefully, those Melbourne teams can turn it around, but uh, I'm sure the rest of the country could care less. No, no, they probably no <laughs> don't care about the misery that we're suffering down here. They're probably in, uh, enjoying Victoria. it. Probably, particularly those north of the Murray. Uh, <laughs> a couple of other news items quickly before we move on from the big bash from over the course of the weekend in case you may have missed it. So uh, following the abandonment of the game down in Geelong between the Renegades and the Scorchers, there was a hope that that could be rescheduled at some point, but that has now been knocked on the head. That will not be rescheduled. The circumstances that caused the match to be abandoned uh, remain in an ongoing investigation, according to the statement that was released over the course of the weekend. But the challenges with the fixtures meant that 
they've been unable to find a suitable window to be able to reschedule that match between the Renegades and the Scorchers. Are you surprised by that, Bryce, or is it just we knew that that was probably going no, to be the outcome? That's that's the outcome. They they needed to make it public, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's definitely the way to go. 